0: you're listening to the dallas business podcast a show about dallas's leaders creatives and entrepreneurs and the work that fuels their lives my name is erlina green hamilton known on the web as a writer speaker and author of two small books one on bravery and the other on my journey to landing my dream job in the sports industry Each week, I virtually sit down with these all-stars with the goal to help you decode the Dallas business landscape, build connections, and stay in the know on who's doing what next. Dr. Jessica Shepard is a board-certified OBGYN women's health expert, and minimally invasive surgeon. She is the founder and CEO of Sanctum Med and Wellness, a wellness concierge practice, and is affiliated with Baylor University Medical Center here in Dallas, Texas. As a healthcare expert, she strives to educate people on their bodies and how to address their physical, sexual, emotional health in addition to the incorporation of wellness. Dr. Shepard's passion for women's health from minority health disparities to reproductive justice issues, has allowed her to be an advocate for women, and she has been a speaker at various health and wellness events, such as Block Her and Well Summit. Dr. Shepard is an engaging and well-known media personality that is seen regularly as an expert on Good Morning America, The Today Show, The Talk, Dr. Oz, CNN, MSNBC, and CBS News. Dr. Shepard, Welcome to the show. Now, you, I I see you everywhere. Um, You are everywhere. You're on TV. You are doing interviews. You're in the back in the swing of things. Tell me for you and for women who are ready to kind of get their lives back, what is that process for you? What does that look like for you on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, as a physician, we sometimes live in the bubble of seeing things at their worst, possibly. So we see more of the bad outcomes of you know COVID and how that can affect and impact people's health and not necessarily just you know if they get it or if they get a mild infection we see the severe cases but we also see people who have been infected and have COVID the long-term consequences and sequelae that this virus can cause whether it's with long-term heart issues lung issues Um, we've seen sometimes like these weird things come up like mini strokes even after someone has you know overcome their covid infection if it wow. has been mild so i think because i live in a bubble um i'm a little bit more cautious uh mm-hmm. than anything as far as going right back into a yeah. normal yeah. So
0: it's, it's different for me. What is your background? You are here in Dallas. You have a new practice that I cannot wait to dive into. But what is your background and why Dallas? What's the story?
1: Yeah, no, I am actually somewhat new to Dallas. I am here, probably we're hitting just at three years that oh, we've wow. been here uh, with my family and uh, my husband and two little boys. Um, but we, I kind of am i'm canadian everyone when they first meet me i'm like i'm canadian uh but since then you know since we moved here and i was very young i was about 13 14 when i moved to the u.s Mm -hmm. and since then i've probably lived in 10 cities i have lived in so many different cities which i'm very glad i have had that ability to travel live in big cities like new york and philly and dc and but getting it to, to Dallas um, kind of like was a loop around the U.S. And then my husband is Texan. And so Texans love Texas like very much. Natural migration to get back to Texas. And that's why we're here.
0: Three years in, what are your thoughts?
1: I think because I did this stint around the U.S. as far as trying to live in every city possible, uh, that now that I'm a little bit older, I uh, have the kids. Don't look it quite thank you, I'm quite fine with settling down. Not settling down like, uh, you know, this is um, not a big city or there's not a lot going on here. And yeah, sure. in here, I've been like very involved um, being part of Dallas Symphony and yeah. Women's Foundation and starting my new practice. So I've done a lot since I've been here, but I do feel that it has taken a nice effect on my life and allowed me to sit down a little bit more than I used to. Uh,
0: Let's dive in and talk about Sanctum Med and Wellness.
1: Yeah, you
0: know, Sanctum Med
1: and Wellness was kind of like this brainchild of me having done, you know, medicine for the last 13 years, practicing very like traditional focused um, academic medicine. Um, and what really, tr- you know, changed for me was hearing women over and over again in the, you know, the confines and the safety of a four walls. And I really heard their stories. Mm. And what I found is that there's a little bit more to just them coming in, us talking and me giving them something and leaving. It was what happens when they leave. Yeah. And what were they able to accomplish outside of the office uh, setting and also in their lives that can contribute to true wellness. And wellness is not just, I'm going to get my pap smear or I'm pregnant, I'm going to go to my OB. It really is. How can I incorporate things like meditation and fitness and nutrition in such a way that's impactful that it can be a robust part of every aspect of your life, emotional, sexual, Mm -hmm. psychological, spiritual, and physical. So that to me is what I, how I see wellness. Um, I think that having lived in other cities, there are a lot of concepts uh, that I took from living um, on either coast and bringing that here because I, one, I feel it's, whether I was living here or not, this was kind of the natural progression yeah. of how I saw wellness, different from health. I, I feel that there are two different sure. things. And I wanted women to experience that And so if I could bring that to them, um, I think that means the world to me. And so that's really where it came from. Uh, Me and my two partners, uh, one, she is a meditation and a yoga instructor. And then the other is a pelvic physical therapist, which many people have not heard of. Um, But she really is kind of the fine tuner of the pelvic muscles and allowing people to appreciate the pelvis and really... um, just get it back to what it should be, and sure. not to say that it's a broken pelvis is the only pelvis that we see. We want people to be come to see us when they're well, when they're not so well, but continuing that continuum of wellness.
0: I heard your uh, interview alongside Cheryl Crow and the sports anchor Aaron Andrews, and I kept hearing the phrase busyness, busyness, women caregivers, busyness, and I want to pick that apart with you as someone who has those intimate conversations with women, how can we get better at caring for ourselves? Is it about scheduling? Is it about just saying no more than we say yes? I mean, what is your kind of, Philosophy around that? How do women start taking better
1: care of themselves? I think that answer is different for every woman. Um, but what I have seen, kind of like overlying and overarching, is that we are caregivers and we really do invest in so many other things and other people before we invest in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I think it starts with being cognizant of the fact that we have to have this barometer of, am I taking care of me? And not so much in a selfish way. And yes, you can look at it as selfish because being selfish sometimes is not bad. Um, But really kind of having this check-in with yourself, and that could be just literally a quick What have I done for me today? Whether that's taking five minutes to meditate. That's something new that I've started. Um, But fitness or um, what we choose to eat, like making choices that are good for us and not being so scattered that we're not taking a few minutes, moments, hours, minutes, whatever that might mean for everyone, for ourselves. And also being okay with saying no.
0: What do healthy women have in common? What what choices are they making that we can all take and learn from?
1: Yeah, I have seen some of the healthiest women like ever, yeah. uh, whether that's physical, whether that's spiritual, um, emotional. And what I found very kind of um, uh, a common theme, I mm-hmm. guess, whether whatever their strength is and what there really is fortitude and determination, but also consistency and persistence mm-hmm. um, in the fact that if there are times where we maybe are not our best when we're in that journey of being strong in what we do is to get back on the track of doing what we were doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that there is... Uh, The mindfulness and the power of your mind and your brain. You underestimate that. And I find that once you're able to tune into that kind of strength, you actually can really do much more than you ever thought you could um, and benefit yourself in the the end of being the strongest person that you can be. So mindfulness, I'm very, very aware of that. Uh, Meditation, that's why I think it's like working out the brain. It's actually using your brain to help you focus and fine-tune. And it's to the power of the brain to say, today or this moment or this week, I am choosing not to be in a certain situation or this mindset or this person or this, whatever it might be, whatever situation it might be. And I think, again, that's where your environment and your surroundings and how you choose to dig deep and who's there to help you and support, that support system is, is very important as well. So I think that those things um, can be changed. Um, I think that life is ever-evolving journey. And it's our, again, decision to find those caveats and those curves within our journey that's going to best allow us to focus on what we can do. I think that we have the ability to become the, our best selves if yeah. we allow it. And there are many things. Sometimes it's easier actually to just take the <laughs> lesser traveled road, right? Let's just go ahead and take that straight avenue that really has no curves and dips. More, and
0: yeah. 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 Let's just take that road. But sometimes we got to
1: jump on that hard road.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, though, the big word that comes to mind for me is self-efficacy, agency, women having their agency, having their agency, having their agency. So, you, you know, Dallas women are movers and shakers. You yourself are, of course, a mover and shaker. Uh, when we look at someone coming into your new practice, um, like sc- scenario myself, I'm coming into your practice, say I am. 20 pounds overweight, I've got some stuff that I need to deal with mentally, um, of course, physically, I would like to get in shape. Where do you, What are your, some of your offerings? Where do we start? Where does the journey start with you all? Yeah, the
1: journey starts, again, with just getting there. Yeah. Just getting into the space because that's where we want you to really feel the magic and the power of oh I feel embraced I feel wanted. I feel like I can do some good work in here yeah. and that's where you'll be able to explore all the different faucets of wellness again, it's really more wellness focused than just health just sure. a doctor I we want you to feel hey if I want to join the yoga class before I get my pap smear, why not if I feel that I want to work on my pelvic muscles with Allison, who is our pelvic physical therapist, and then go to a yoga class, why not? And so it's really that atmosphere. I like to call it the target for the pelvis and women's health. You you know that. You go into target for one thing and then you come out. Yes, Yes, I know that very well. (laughs) So it's kind of the same thing. You're going in for one thing and you come out and you're like, oh my gosh, I meditated today in a class and I never thought that I would do that. And now I have, it's the exposure. It's the exposure to, I never knew this was possible, yeah. or I have found something new to contribute to my wellness.
0: Now, as we race toward the future, we have technology at, in our pockets literally every moment of the day. Um, do you use technology to better orient yourself day in and day out with healthy habits yeah i think
1: you know i'm very big into technology innovation especially femtech so femtech is kind of like a a, a space which was recently developed in where they focus on some of the concerns uh questions um struggle uh, areas of a woman's life and tailoring it to a technology side and how we can get those things answered or what tools can we use to make ourselves better so for example we are talking about meditation. So I use core, which is a device, which has a guided meditation through your phone, but it's a device where you put it on. So it helps you focus. I need that because, um, Focusing, yeah, mm-hmm. I can that maybe that's not my best feature, uh, but I would say that it allows me to use something to help me focus and to hear different ways to meditate and how to breathe. The Breathing is important, and then also for femtech, I find that there are a lot of women who maybe don't understand whether it um, has to do with menopause or their cycles or sexuality. And so there are many apps. It can be a program, it can be something that uh, they go into through a website that allows them to really. figure out and fine tune some of the things they feel they have a paucity of, but also to ask the questions like, oh, I never knew this. And I was always wondering about so-and-so, or this was a taboo topic. I didn't know who to talk to about it, but at least it allows to guide their conversation a little bit better. And if they come to see me, they now have maybe a little bit more information before coming, or I can send them somewhere that allows them to explore that type of information after leaving the office.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have to ask you this. I have to take the conversation here because so many women, as we're getting older, we're starting to ask ourselves the questions of cancer, where, where we want to make sure that we avoid that path. And so when we look at breast cancer, when we look at cervical cancer, what do women not know? What do they need to know
1: Yeah, you know, and as you mentioned about your mom, so sorry to hear of her passing from breast cancer. Um, That is when we look at cancers, one of the, probably the most common cancer in women, one in eight women will experience breast cancer in their lifetime. Um, And then obviously we have reproductive organs that men don't have, obviously. Um, But those, we have to be a protector of our pelvis when we think of, whether it's ovarian cancer, cervical, uterine, fallopian tube cancer, whatever that might be, but one of the the ones that we have had a profound impact on is cervical cancer because the development of the Pap smear and the Pap test with HPV testing has allowed us to be like, oh my gosh, I can help prevent and if early detected, cure cervical cancer. That's really important to have those conversations again with mammograms to help prevent breast cancer. We start that at the age of forty. However, in women like such as yourself who's maybe had a first degree relative that's had it, again, your imaging and your testing might come earlier for your screening. And then for cervical cancer, that pap test, so important, starts at the age of 21. And depending on what the results are, you could go every three or five years if it's normal. But then if it is some abnormality on that test, then that's when we have to conversations and figure out how often we need to screen you yeah. and just you know just kind of you know for people who are listening for women who are listening and even men who can encourage their females and their family or their wives is that a lot of women come into my office and it's like they're dreading the pap smear mm-hmm. and i'm like these dreadful moments if you want to call it that um because they're not that bad Yeah, uh, <laughs> <they're> bad. <laughs> few dreadful moments of of a pap test um with hpv testing can save you yeah years and or life yeah I like to put it into perspective because I'm like sometimes you have to again rise above the occasion to be like what can I do for myself and for my health and my wellness
0: yeah very good when we talk about prevention, I hear, I spoke with, um, oncologists out of a Columbia University, um, a couple of months ago, and I hear the word prevention, prevention, prevention. Um, not only can t- early tec- testing, early detection be prevention for all women who are trying to prevent these diseases, but what can we look at as far as lifestyle? What mm-hmm. conversations around lifestyles do we really need to be having in order to, to prevent these diseases? Yeah, I think that prevention
1: is key, and that's again goes into why I feel so passionate about wellness. And just outside of like, okay, health. Here's health is one thing we want you to be healthy, sure. but prevention comes with wellness, and that comes with uh, the ability to understand the importance of exercise. Um, it doesn't always have to be you have to be that like you know beach body or you know that bodybuilder, but really it, it's impacting your cardiovascular. It's decreasing obesity. We obviously live in a country that is. We, we have an obese country. Yeah. And um, again, globally, we do have an outstanding uh, percentage of our population that uh, suffers from obesity. And I think we need to have different conversations around that. And one, own it. And two, what are some healthy ways that we can navigate away from that trending statistic? Because now we know that it impacts Your risk of literally getting cancer. Obesity is going to increase your risk of all types of cancers. And also it's going to increase your risk of heart disease, um, lung disease. And so really when you have like one underlying denominator that really impacts so many different health uh, diseases and disease conditions then we have to do that work and it may not be easy, but we can do it. And then the other thing that I would say is investing in how we have our relationship with food. Um, I think our quantity size, what put in our food, what we choose to eat. Um, I think that there are other ways to enjoy food. Um, what you have with someone how you share your food yeah. moments with people and that relationship with food is really important but i think we don't have great maybe um ways to that are out there i i what i'm trying to say is i don't think we have the best uh relationships that are enforced when it comes to exercise and food so we need to change those conversations yeah. Yeah.
0: When we look at tackling, uh, not only kind of, it sounds like what you're saying here in all honesty is our habits when we are looking at our habits and we're having to make new decisions, I, I, I must ask you, when we look at the next generation of women coming up and they're wanting to be healthier women um, and they're wanting a plan, um, can I come to the wellness for plan? Do you guys help put together plans? Is that what you all do? Yes. We absolutely
1: do. One of the big things that we're um, inspired to do is programming um because people need help yeah. so you know it's not one thing if it's there but it's also when you're there what can we provide for you and something everyone everyone wants something packaged right and so we're definitely willing to do that coming up with plans um for women who maybe are going through issues with pelvic pain in pregnancy now i am a board certified OBGYN but i don't deliver Okay. Um, But what we do is we work with OBGYNs to send their pregnant patients to us so we can come up with a plan for them. So whether that's getting them in uh, prenatal yoga, seeing the pelvic physical therapist help some of their pain as they go through uh, pregnancy, and then for me to kind of give them some uh, OBGYN-based, evidence-based ways to minimize some of the pain that they're having and to have a healthy pelvic life. Um, I think that that's the packaging. And also nutritionist. We are going to be working with the nutritionist very shortly again to add that added benefit of nutrition and so you can see nutrition in a different way and I think we have this like archaic view of nutrition with the food pyramid you know everyone learned in school
0: (laughs) okay that's not the way that nutrition cheese pizza is at the bottom I'm sure right
1: (laughs) at the bottom it's like under it's under the base of that triangle um no it's like making it um fun I have a, a really good colleague she's in atlanta she's a physician a family practice physician but her whole niche is um to focus on nutrition how to make it fun how to take out some of the not so great parts of food but still be able to eat that certain food
0: uh, last question i'll ask you this we talk about demographics, when we talk about disparities, you and I being two Black women having this conversation, um, again, when we tackle an issue such as breast cancer, uh, from me, I found out the stat was I am 40% more likely to die from breast cancer than my Caucasian white counterparts. Mm-hmm. So we look at disparity, what does the future hold for, for, for bringing that disparity number under control? What does the future hold for that?
1: I think that falls into a lot of different categories, uh, namely um, representation, uh, representation within the fields of whether that's medicine um, or with health prevention mm-hmm. in us seeing us and yeah. so we're that those conversations can happen because we yeah. see someone who we feel comfortable hearing the information from. I think that's one side of it. But the other two is that there has been a lot of or many years that have contributed to uh, what we would say is a mistrust between African-American um society and the medical community. Mm. And so we need to bridge those a little bit better when it comes to research, because many times what we have found in the past is that research was a lot more focused on um, Anglo-Saxons, Caucasians. And because we have a com- you know different genetic uh, predisposition, genetic uh, components, we really need to know how that research works for us. And in order to do that, we have to have people who will be in studies and Try out medications or whatever that might be in order for us to see how we can benefit ourselves. Yeah. And then the last thing is, is that there are some, I guess you could say some uh, relationships that we need to do better with, such as the concept of diet, exercise, exercise. Um, and changing some of those traditions on what's good for us and what's really not good for us and being accountable to that as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, very good. Um, I will say this. Thank you so much again, Dr. Shepard, for coming on the Dallas Business Podcast today. I do want to leave you, do this with each of my guests, but I do want to affirm you um, I am super excited to learn more. I cannot wait to see what you all do in this community, impacting women's health, impacting um, their futures so that they can be, so they can show up and be, more for not only themselves, but for their families and their community. So thank you again so much for coming on this show today.
1: Thank you so much. And I hope you can come and see us as well. And um, we are actually doing a lot more virtually right now and we're leading the build out of our physical space. But as soon as it's finished, we will definitely let you know. So everyone who is listening and follows you uh, can come and see us and enjoy. Yeah. And where can we find you all at online? Yeah, we are actually on Facebook with Sanctum Med and Wellness, and okay. the, a plus, little plus sign. And on Instagram, probably where we have most people who are contacting us through Instagram, okay. is okay. Sanctum Med Wellness. So it's at Sanctum Med Wellness, all one word. So come and see us there.
0: Yes, very good. Well, Dr. Shepherd, thank you again so much for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you. enjoyed this episode of the dallas business podcast please subscribe rate and review don't forget to follow us on social you may find our links at dallasbusinesspod.com that is dallasbusinesspod.com thank you so much for listening